Hey, everybody. You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about equipment. We all have our favorite training tools we like to use that help us maximize whatever our training goals are. Most of the people listening to this podcast will no doubt primarily use free weights and basic strength equipment. But besides the barbell, what's the second most important piece of equipment that we just can't do without? The power rack. So guys, let's talk about what makes the power rack so indispensable. Um, Marty, quick question. You're a big fan of power racks, obviously. How, how long, how long you've been using power racks? Cause you go way back to the sixties. Yeah. What say that again? Did Hoffman invent that? Uh, yeah, kind of, sort of. It was an outgrowth. Uh, there was a big burst of enthusiasm for isometrics right. in the early 1960s. And a lot of it came out of John Ziegler's lair in Albany, Maryland, right up the road from me. I, was, I grew up in Glenmont, right down the road from George Avenue was Dr. John Ziegler's. And Ziegler was most famous for inventing, I don't know, did he invent Dianabol? Yeah, yeah, he invented it. Um, He had had, (laughs) well, he had uh, had drinks with the Russian doctor at the 1956 Olympics Games, and the doctor let slip that they were dosing their guys with testosterone. So Ziegler came back and he started looking into that. And at the same time, they were doing some experiments with isometrics. So when they in- introduced the Diana ball, they pulled in Bill March and Lou Rieke and had them as sort of test subjects, but they had them use the isometric packs, but they were also dosing them with Diana ball. And they were also doing the regular training. They pretended that they were only doing the isometrics, but in reality, they were, you know, they were still slinging weights. But the, the they had tremendous size gains. Uh, Lou, Lou Rieke went from, um, you know, good 181 pounder to he he set the world record in the snatch at 325. And so your strength coach for years, also. Yeah. So Hoffman tried to capitalize on this and say, oh, it's all due to isometrics, this incredible new strength strategy. So they invented two things. They invented a strap where you stood on, like, remember the old iron boots? Yes. Yeah. They, like, stood on a pair of iron boots that had a bar going through the center. No, I think it was just a board with a hook in the top. You stood on it. Yeah, yeah, you stood on it. It had a chain and had a handle. And so that was the cheap isometric rack. And you pulled uh, up on it, right, Marty? You you, pulled yeah, up. you pulled on it. Yeah, you pulled in all your different positions, and this will magically make your your clean and your press and your jerk go up. And then yeah, the more exotic way, yeah. Jimmy Wake, the more exotic yeah. one was it was two upright poles with holes in it. Now that became the birth of the power rack because they they just said, "Hey, wait a minute!" The first power racks were so pathetic; they were so horrible because they only had like eight inches of space between the two uprights, mm. right? So you're like, "What were you guys thinking? What can you do 
between eight inches. Like the only thing you really can do is like maybe some overhead pressing. But I mean that, and so from that, they just, eventually they widened it and they said, okay, we got to get some long supports. They didn't want to, they didn't want to come off the money to pay for the, the really long hardened supports. Cause if they make those things cheap, they bend. Cause you're looking to set weight on what, how long is that JP three feet between power rack uprights? Um, no, it's, it's, uh, what is it? 40 couple inches. Okay. Well, 36 is three feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, hey, can I ask you a quick question though about yeah, that, that, that other rack? Because, yeah. um, the gentleman that, uh, founded, uh, legend fitness, uh, John Sisk has been working with us as one of our sales reps for the past I think about 15 years, but um, knowing we were having this podcast today, I said, hey, do you have any history, any interesting history on power racks or anything? He sent me a picture of something that I think you're talking about. It's um, on each side of the rack, you have two uprights, one in the front, one in the back, and they're like eight inches apart. (laughs) That's just what I was describing. Yeah. And then there's... And then there's and you, have uh, two, you had two sets of pins. You had a, a an upper and a lower. Yeah, I got a picture of it right here. So what you, the, what the deal was is that you would break a lift into thirds. Now they didn't consider the bench press a lift, right? <laughs> because the bench press wasn't all that popular in the early sixties. It right. was all about the, it was all about the overhead press. So yeah. you set the power rack. You set the pins and you'd set the first position of the pin like you know right at your clavicles and then the second pin i don't know you'd set it at eye height so all right now you got the bar in the rack and you push you you broke the lift into thirds now we're pushing the first third right we're pushing from the bottom to the eye height so you'd go one touch the top pin come back down and also don't let it slam back down let it come back down with control two touch the top pin come back down light touch three on the third rep you hold the, against the top pin as long as you can until it weight comes down then you middle position and that would be from i don't know eye height um, i don't know right above the head and then you'd work that one two hold the third position right mm-hmm. then you'd have your lockout where you go from <clears throat> that position all the way to locked out one two and then you'd hold the lockout the, well the, it was, it, that was that was the strategy and it was kind of an interesting i kind of isotonic i like to hold at the top yeah, but yeah. but it was yeah. the third the thing about the thirds was so we broke it into halves we said look man we can't do thirds how about half right you, you know you do the lift from the bottom point to halfway up and then from halfway up the lockout Right. The thing with the thirds was just too, and also you were caught in between those little tiny racks and you could do a little bit of upright pulling and a little bit of overhead pressing, but they were just, they didn't want to within it because it would add to the expense of the rack. Now, how old were you when you were doing this, Marty? Well, I first saw the power racks at Gonzaga High School, so I was what? 
15 probably. You were doing the isometrics. Can you measure, because you were lifting at the same time also, so can you measure any progress that you made? With well, the, we the dropped it. We, we, we kind of dropped it because- It's boring. We really, <laughs> it's boring. Well, we didn't really think it transferred. Yeah. And of course, we weren't taking Diana ball, you know? I mean, that yeah. was probably <laughs> the missing ingredient, right? Yeah, the breakfast of champions. You know, um, there used to be, I have pictures somewhere of the Packers in the late 60s doing isometrics. You know, it had had really caught on. Uh, Well, Brad Gillingham's pop, that was the thing that he would do. And he did very short movements because what and he liked that like that uh, isometric hold at the top because he said that's what he did. He clinched up with defensive linemen and it was just an isometric struggle so that's what he wanted to get good at he had really strong big hands and he just grabbed the guy's jersey and pulled him in and then pull him around i used he was really practiced right right yeah go ahead jim i used him with my athletes uh so Rob Wagner and I would have the wrestlers. Oh, the know, wrestlers, right? That's inside. all they do is just tie up, right? They'd be inside the power rack. Bar would be on the floor. You'd set the mm-hmm. pins like mid-shin. Yep. Then you'd pull the, you know, and that's and the pins would be over top the bar. And then you'd pull and hold against the pins. Yep. For a five count or a ten count, I can't remember, then down. Then, and I also would do a lot of chins where you had to stop at the halfway point and hold it there as long as you can, which is a form of, you know, isometric, right. I guess. Um, but, you know, and, and the thinking was just what you just said. I mean, in, in a wrestling match, how often are you guys just tied up and pushing against each other and nothing? Clenched, you know? yeah. clenched up, baby. And yeah. who's going to and who's going to gas out in the clench first? Right. <laughs> and I remember early. Yeah. Let's see. Seventy you know probably 76 77 i was like 10 and asking my dad hey what's the best way to get bigger and stronger and he said push against an immovable object that's how it was pervasive in our in the athletic society you know yeah everybody was isometric isometric yeah well the problem isometrics downfall was that they never figured out a way to measure it right so you push one day and you go hey how am i doing am i pushing well you don't really know in relation to how hard you pushed yesterday or how hard you'll push yeah. tomorrow because there was no poundage. It was like lifting weights without knowing the poundage. And that's what you talk about all the time. If, if you can't measure what you're gaining, the motivation wanes fast. And we didn't like see our 40-yard dash time drop by a half a second or right. all of a sudden we were able to dunk basketball. You know, We didn't see any of that. That's what we were looking for and expecting. Yeah, with well, any new system, any excited. new system that has that comes in making a lot of promises, we're like, yeah. great, let's try it out. Let's give it a, a really thorough test run. Yeah. But at the end of it, we're going to look at it hard. We just never thought it transferred. Yeah, now, I wonder how much the York guys were really doing. You know, when they were all meeting. No, they were doing their regular. They, they were doing their regular stuff. They were yeah. pretty open and honest about that. Afterwards, they were like, "Nah, we are not just doing isometric rack pulling. Are you crazy? Yeah, we do it for the photos." And they were like, "And we don't drink tuna shakes." What was that? 
protein from the sea. Yeah. No isometrics, <laughs> no protein from the sea, baby. It's just the kids <laughs> that fall for that. Yes, I owe it all. The protein from the sea and isometrics. Hey, hey Marty. Marty, I got a, I got a, I'm looking at a picture and, and of this old rack. And, and story protein. Yeah. Marty, I got a, I, I'm looking at this picture of this old rack that we were just talking about. I had a couple of extra questions here because this thing is yeah. so funny, but they had to start somewhere. So this is, isn't a bad starting point, but again, this thing is like 36 inches wide and from front to back, it's like 10 inches and in, in between <laughs> that I'm looking at it now, there's like four inches in between for the bar to go back and forth. So, so the first impression I get when I'm looking at this thing, it looks like a Smith machine because there's no like, you know, movement yeah, uh, you know, front you know, and back. Kind of, yeah. You know what? Actually, that's that's kind of true. Yes, it did. You could use it like a Smith machine. Yes. Yeah. So I guess they were actually doing bench and squats no. on this. No, it didn't work, man, because you're always banging into one pole or the other. You know what I mean? There was you couldn't oh, get yeah. your rhythm, you couldn't get your rep stroke. Every every rep, you're like boom, boom, you know, and, and, and no, it didn't didn't work. That would be very strange. Doing uh, a squat. Died. Doing a squat in there, yeah. But like I said, it was a good place to start. They they had the right idea, they just had to widen it. No, they had the wrong idea for the wrong tool, and they didn't understand because it was not designed by lifters. Right, but but this looks if you widen it and put a beam at the top, this yeah. looks like and that's a, what and a that's what we told and that's what we told them for ten years, and they wouldn't do it. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Put supports on an incline bench. They couldn't figure that out. So this is one of those situations for, for that a looks flat good. Bench. This is one of those deals that looks good on, on paper to an engineer that doesn't work out and goes, okay, exactly. use exactly. this. And then the lifters go, hey, th this doesn't work. And that guy goes, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah, it, you know, it works great in reality, but how's it work in theory, right? Yeah. Uh, so like the guys who designed the, remember the bench uprights, the narrow ones? Yes. That were oh, so yeah, yeah. narrow that they could tip out. Put a 25 on one side and it flips over. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, what a nightmare. It and didn't again, make any we told, whatsoever. Well, we told them, we told them, <laughs> widen it, widen it, widen it. And they're like, no, 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 we can't do that. Yeah. Now, of course, it's a standard thing. But at the time, they were so cheap, they wouldn't modify equipment uh, you, to meet you know, the needs of the athletes. You know what your guys said back in the, those days? You, yeah, you were saying widen it, but you still still insisted on the one inch tubing. The guys, well, that's I, all we I, need. I, I, you know, <laughs> I tell you, man, I think everything is overbuilt today. Overbuilt. I mean, oh my yeah. God, yes, the stuff will su survive a nuclear attack. <laughs> well, were we trained? Don, yeah. Don Barry picked up some free racks from Gonzaga High School. They, they couldn't go in a regular home. They're, so They're too tall. I mean, it's like, what are you doing? These well, things are monstrous. Yeah. Out, out in Virginia Beach, the, the power racks that you guys were using out there were four by four steel, and they were probably seven gauge or less. And the, the, the smaller the number goes, the thicker the steel. Uh, just to give you an idea, uh, you know, just regular gym equipment, commercial stuff is 11 gauge. So you get on a seven, it is so thick. 
you know, you could pile 10 cars on one of those power racks. Why, 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 why do we need benches that are so heavy they have to have wheels uh, on them that's and, that, and that women can't move them without help? It's and all marketing, man. Really? It's all marketing. We need Pat, did you see the bench Pat Casey did 600 on? Yes. 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 Okay. You know, he picked it up and walked across the room to put it over there on the in front of the white paper. And it was held together by what? Three, what did we figure out, JP? Three bolts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, it was, uh, it's a sight. It's, uh, yeah. it's a beautiful image of uh, yeah, Casey yeah, and that barbell set and everything. But so we had yeah, with, the, with the Russian Olympic set. We, yeah, had, yeah. we had 30, we had 30 power racks at Penn, 7,000 bucks a piece. Oh, wow. And yeah, bomb proof. Same ones that the special forces have in their new place. Yeah. That's the same, same ones. We had the thing, the lever arm that brought you, gave you a lift off on the bench to do oh, chin yeah. ups and dips anywhere on the rack. Right. Um, yeah. That's so, such, such but yeah. Time. And, and, but you know what, you know, it's funny. I got one in base in the basement here and it fits, you know, I could bring it in the house. I put it together, but it was, it was it's small and light. I've had 500 on there, no problem. You know, yeah. it doesn't need to be. Yeah. You know, people think they got to spend so much money, but the ones at uh, sporting goods stores, you know, as long as they're they're decently sturdy, you're good to go, man. You know, uh, I had a training partner bench four routinely bench 460 for reps on a exercise bench that you can pick up with uh, one hand, and I got from uh, play it against sports. There you <laughs> go. Used. Yeah, I, I will. I will throw a little bit of caution in there. You have to really be careful with some of this stuff because some of the residential stuff nowadays, it, it looks beefy. But I'll tell you what, a lot of it's made in China. And look, you can get great product out of China, but also you can have disasters come out of China where they're they're, um, you know, they're going light on the welding or they're not welding on all four sides or there's issues with the welds, whatever. Uh, just be careful on that stuff. Make sure that any bench you buy, uh, rack you buy, is rated at a at a weight, you know, that's not going to be under what uh, that that you're not going to exceed with uh, the barbell. Because uh, you, you got to be really careful. Some of these manufacturers nowadays are just, you know, putting equipment out, and it's it's real chintzy, and and uh, you got to watch it. So just be careful. So Marty, what was the first legit power rack that you used? Was that in at your house or was that? Where I, was I, I got it. I mean, I'm, I'm even trying to think. Um, it would have had to been like in the late seventies or, uh, you know, uh, but I, I cannot remember when the first, we, you know, I, now we call it a cage, right? Right. Right. Cause it's a square and a square gives you plenty of room to work within you can stand inside it. You can take a squat out, step back with it, set up. No problem. You have your safety supporters down there. You can bench and, and use an arc and have a lot of room to work. You can do power cleans. I, I leave my barbell set in, even though I'm not using the rack, I leave it set inside there because it's on the wood. Yeah. And I do my power cleans in there. I mean, I don't have to, I mean, there's plenty of room. I don't, I have plenty of room to work when I'm standing inside the cage. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and one point about the power rack is 
it takes up less space than having a separate bench press, a two, you know, a separate squat rack. Yeah, it's all right in the same footprint. You know, chin up rack, a dip rack, all that. You got it right there. You know, it doesn't take up as much space. I have a simple two pulley attachment. Yeah. That attaches to the power rack, and so now all of a sudden, in my power rack, I'm able to do heavy pull downs. Uh, tricep push downs. Uh, I can use all the different handles, so I can do the you know the under grip stuff and the what do they call it when you're neutral grip stuff. Yep. And yep. Uh, so just that simple attachment, which I think was I don't know an extra sixty bucks or something yep. over the price of the basic rack. And uh, man, that really added a lot. I tell you, I've also seen them. I mentioned this in the article. I've also seen them with a dip attachment. I wish I had that. Yeah, a dip attachment on a power rack. That's that's yeah. the only thing I kind of covet. Yeah, Marty, you can get one. Uh, you know, your rack is pretty old, but I mean, you could find one if you, I can. I can help you find one. Right. I just need to know the dimensions of the. Is yours? Uh, is your steel uh, one inch diameter steel, or is it? Uh, Two inch, I or I think it's probably two inch. I've seen pictures of it. I have no idea. Yeah, I'll help you find one. Um, Mark, Mark, Mark Chalet came over to bench one time and he refused to lay in the bench. He said, that's a, bi <laughs> he said, that's a biohazard. Or you have duct tape on your bench, don't you? Now, after Chalet got on me, I, I duct taped it all up to keep oh. all, the, all the spores from coming up when you settle it. <laughs> You know, one of the, I think one of the most valuable, uh, except not, not accessories, but like permanent things that you can have on your, your rack is the, uh, the cross beam or the, uh, yes. the yes. multi grip pull up bar, because I'll tell you what, not, o not only because of, uh, you know, it allows you to do all the pull ups and, and stretching and things like that, but it also makes a great body weight trainer anchor. Yes. And whether you and whether you for, for a suspension trainer for a suspension training or I'll tell you what you put a cross core on there which is on a pulley uh, now you can actually not only do uh, body weight training but you can also hook a uh, a counterweight on one side and do one arm lat rows and curls and tricep extensions all kinds of stuff and basically that turns your rack into a pulley machine as well. I have my cross score frozen in the middle of the power rack. So on the cross member, mm -hmm. I have a, a rotating swivel. Yeah. So, so I have that. That's permanent. That's duct taped to the center of the cross beam. So I can do 180 degree movement anchored to the power rack. You follow? Yeah. I can literally, I don't have to just stand in front of it. I can go to the right all the way in a semicircle. I can go all the way back to the other side in a half circle. Mm -hmm. Follow me. And I'm walking, I'm moving. And at the same time, I can get, I had a uh, college football coach over and he was excited about the, the use of the cross course for, for both uh, offensive linemen and wrestlers. Because he was able to obtain and, and uh, imitate a lot of the drill positions that uh, the linemen and the wrestlers were using. He said, this is ideal. 
so anyway, it, the point is that the cross core also offers, I mean, the uh, power rack also offers tremendous stability. Uh, as I get older, I find I'm doing more stretching and right. we don't do <clears throat> these mild toe touch stretches. We want to forcibly <clears throat> elongate the muscles. So you position yourself for example, if uh, you want to stretch your shoulders and even your triceps, you can set the pin at butt height back up to it. Well, actually set it up higher, set it up at lower back height, back up to it, put your hands on it and squat down and just allow your body weight to the, the more of your body weight that you allow, the greater the stretch of the shoulders and the triceps and the upper pecs. And you can do this all throughout the body. I actually lay on the bench and position it so that I can put my hamstrings in a V on the two legs mm -hmm. of the uh, power rack. Yeah. And I can stretch my hamstrings, brother, like I've got a, a Russian masseuse there bending me over backwards. Wow. You know, because I can, because you can, you can use your body weight. Perillo showed me this. John has this whole series. He calls them fascist stretches. He has his elite bodybuilders do them between sets to reset the muscle. You, whereas the resistance training forcibly compacts the muscle, John's fascist stretching forcibly elongates the same muscles, right? So you back and forth, you go. Um, but I'm not looking to get a bigger muscle. I just want to maintain my range of motion because as you age, your range of motion shortens unless you right. do something about it. <laughs> right. Just naturally, you, you just, as you get older, you just, your range of motion decreases, except if you do stuff that actively fights against that. And the power rack is ideal for me because I'm not going to get a stretch just bending over and trying to touch my toes. You know, that's, I'm, uh, I'm too tightly wound. Right. I have to have some forcible elongation mm -hmm. to my stretches. And it's like, I've got a personal trainer here that's, you know, pushing on my back or, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. I can replicate that with the and i actually should get some video of that because that's pretty cool use of the power rack that most people say wow i never thought about doing that yeah why don't you make a little stretching uh video we'll put it up yeah we got some of my guys we'll get uh, some of my uh stretch armstrong guys to show you how that stuff's done but it works because you do it consistently and um uh i've been using it on my uh, my i've got a stressed Achilles right now. So I've been doing that, you know, doing my calf raises where you just get into the calf raise position, right, Jim, and just sink to the bottom. Get that good stretch. Just relax and just, just uh, let's go. Let's, you know, relax. Relax on the inside of the foot, relax on the outside of the foot, stretch it down. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's, 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 that's the way we do it. But all this stuff is possible in the power rack. We haven't even talked about bringing the bench in the inclines. Yeah. I'm doing incline benches. I set I set the bench incline inside the rack. I set the pin up so that I'm pushing off a dead stop right at my clavicles, right? 
So I'm pushing up and back and doing heavy inclines where I'm spotted at the bottom, right? I'm not going to get pinned right. missing exactly. a heavy incline and then have to do some weird, like I got to stand up from the bench, you know? Yeah. No, I don't have to do that. I, I just, you know, if I miss the rep, just ride it down to the rack, boom, push it forward. Uh, so I'm able to do heavy barbell inclines. Uh, I'm able to do heavy behind the neck press, right? Again, off the dead stop. Um, I put the uh, squat catchers on the outside front of the rack. Mm -hmm. And I do overhead barbell presses standing outside the rack, facing the rack, where I take, I take it out, step back, and then push overhead, right? Mm -hmm. So I got all kinds of, you know, that, that rack, I don't know, between an incline bench, incline flat bench, uh, pulley, and the uh, center cross beam, I don't know, what, 25, <laughs> I can think of 25 exercises so just off the top of my head. No, we used it a lot for guys who were injured. And I just, in my head right now, Phil Wagner, when he was an assistant with us, Dr. Phil Wagner, Coming off his chest on the press really bothered his uh, shoulder, but he was able to lock out the last, you know, half, half of the press. And so that's what we did. We stood, we put him inside the power rack and he just locked it out. And then he would do his rehab exercises for his shoulder and eventually worked into a full range of motion. But meanwhile, he still had that lockout power of the press. Right. Yeah. He hasn't been able to do partials. I mean, partials in the power rack, are oh. great man i mean and, oh. and pause squats set them on the pins but don't lose tension oh. Oh. You know? and then bam you fire it up and mm -hmm. then slow negative on the way down stop it maintain that tension but you're still you know relaxing just a little bit and then bam you know oh. um, all Appreciate this stuff it. is in the toolbox man it's uh i used to and, love and, partials and, for sorry i was just gonna say go, I, go, go ahead, go ahead. I, I used to love partials for deadlift Oh, that's the thing. That's the gang of Merrimans. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we had uh, Josh Bryan on a couple of times, and he was uh, the youngest guy at one time to bench 600. And he said one of the things that he loves to do is partials, partial benches. So they're a very valuable arrow in the quiver. Yeah. Well, one, one, ahead, one, thing about, one thing about partials is it, is it makes the competitive weight feel light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you're dealing with weight that's 40, 50 pounds more in the bench, 100 pounds more in the partial deadlift. At least. So when you tie into the weight in competition, it, it, it doesn't shock you, right? Yeah. It, it, you're used to it. Uh, Walter Thomas, the multi-time world champion at 165 and 181 pounds, he told me that one of his – favorite things to do is like if he was in let's say he was intending to squat 720 right in the competition yeah. for 12 straight weeks at the end of a squat session he would take 720 out of the rack and just stand with it yes right? mm -hmm. but he had the pin set like six inches below lockout Right. So there was no danger. He wasn't going to, um, even if he did collapse, he's going to fall down six inches. Six inches. Yeah. Right. Right. But and, and just so for 12 straight weeks, he was feeling that 720. And he said, Oh, by the end of it, Marty, he said, I was like breaking my knees, coming back up a little bit, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
because he was just used to that 720. And I said, well, how did it go in competition? He said, well, I got my, you know, 728. Right. Great. You know, uh, but that I thought was any interestingly, he uh, contrasted that he was actually a high rep raw squatter. So he would, he would work up. So if he was going to, Jim, if he was going to squat 700, he would work up to, I don't know, I'm going to say like uh, 540 or 550 for eight raw. Yeah. Right. Right. And then take that plus his 720 lockouts into, into competition. And it just, he was a unique guy. He was like trained alone in Oklahoma and didn't have a lot of influences. Just another one was like George Hector. George did the same things. George was a very a high rep trainer. George would like, I think if, if he squatted 950 at the Potomac Open. I think he told me he did 775 for eight. But he was getting his nervous system used to that heavy weight by the lockouts. So it wasn't a shock to him by feeling that, you know. Uh, not not in Walter's case, uh, George. I don't know. I mean, I don't oh, know. He what, didn't do that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I know that George was a high rep guy, mainly because he was training by himself. And he said, "Well, with 775, if I get in trouble, I just throw it off my back." So, okay. <laughs> Paul Anderson right. do a lot of stuff like that. He did a lot of uh, partials. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. for sure. But he didn't. I don't know that he had a rack. Paul Anderson also did some wacky hanging upside down stuff. Reverse yeah, he was blood, very creative. Blood flow stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so he was a very uh, broad trainer. But again, he did a lot of, you know, he was doing a lot of weird things in his act. Like he had one thing where he would, this is getting off topic a little bit, but, but he would do uh, neck spins with, I don't know, 280 pounds on his. Hey, what's the neck spin? Yeah. You put a bunch of weight on a on a harness. Remember yeah. the neck harness? Yeah, sure. I yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know, swinging around 280 oh pounds God. and right. And Jimmy, that doesn't sound safe. I don't know about you, but <laughs> no, it's not safe. It's it didn't kill safe. him, it made him the, only, the only thing worse than that is when Cassidy got into teeth lifting. I think I think this is where I need to put in a disclaimer that says we don't endorse <laughs> any of this stuff. Well, we don't sell teeth lifting devices at Iron Company. <laughs> Jack Lillian. That's wrong. <laughs> well, but get, getting back to getting back to the power rack, I think that um, you know the barbell, power rack, and a bench that inclines. Um, you know, you do not need the overhead pulley you do not need the other stuff but it would be nice to have but also um jp you guys are selling all kinds of racks what what do you recommend for like good home use you know like what's a good jump in good, good home use device? i mean there's there's a lot of good stuff available nowadays uh for home use which is uh, it kind of falls into the commercial category as well, sort of, but not, not, uh, not quite. Like we have some good stuff um, by Body Solid and PowerTech and York Barbell. You know, they're making some heavy duty stuff. Um, it's three by three steel, uh, eleven gauge, thousand pound capacity. You know, it's very well built stuff. I don't know that I would put it in a 
a dues paying facility or anything like that. But I'll tell you what, if you put it in your home, you're going to be totally safe. It's going to last forever. Um, so there's a lot of that stuff. And um, a lot of those come with the different accessories. You know, we're talking about accessories. Well, what kind of accessories can you get? Platform inserts, if you want to have a nice platform. Jammer arms you can put on there. Jim, you know what jammers are, right, yep. for football. Yep. Um, weight plate pegs for storage. Whoa, band whoa, whoa, pegs. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why don't you explain to the people who don't know what jammer arms are, what jammer arms are? But jammer was uh, invented. I don't. I don't know if that was the original name they used. Um, uh, just, uh, it might have been called destroyer or something like that. But uh, it's a machine where you're standing in a machine. You have two handles out in front of you, and they're independently moving. And they you load the plates on the side of each each arm, uh, each jammer arm, and you can press out. Uh, at the same time or independently or whatever. And it's, it's good at, um, you know, it's, it's good for, uh, you know, explosive movements and things like that. J Jim, how would you use a jammer to train your guys when you're at Penn? Um, honestly, man, it's just too specific. I mean, you can get so specific where a bench press and a press is just as good as any jammer and a clean. You don't really need it. However, if you have it, you work on your, your lockout on it you know you just work on like a yeah offensive lineman or a defensive lineman and just exploding as fast as you can what would be great if you could release the weight now that would have some application because you have to slow it down at the end you know if you can release the weight and that's what you do in athletics you drive through that would help but uh you know you can do it and you can get your hips involved so it's the theory is that it simulates, you know, blocking somebody or bringing your hips right. to and tackling somebody or something like that. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing too, that it gives you the independent movement. Yeah, it does. And, it, and it's a good finisher. Okay, here we go. 30 seconds. Ready? And everybody get, get on the jammer and, you know, punch yeah. it as hard as you can for 30 seconds. Stuff like that. So, so Marty, what they've done now, now that's, uh, that, that's always been a, a single machine. You step into it and it's a, you know, it's like you, you have this machine all around you. So now what they've done is they've made uh, these independent arms that actually, you know, attach to your rack like an accessory would, like a, you know, like a, a landmine would or a dip station. Yeah. Um, and now and you've got remember, this, this jammer. Yeah. And if you remember, Marty, and I don't know, JP, if you went in there or not, in the new weight room down at, at Virginia Beach, they have a lap pull machine attached to every rack. Yeah. They have dumbbells yeah. attached to the rack. I mean, they've, they've made this where it's yeah. one-stop shopping, you know, and then so you get 60 people in there and everybody's good to go. You got a guy doing lap pulls on the back, got a guy squatting, you know, in, in the center, and you got a guy, you know, maybe doing floor bench on the outside, something like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, right, right, right. And and for home use, which I, I'm partial to, oh, yeah. um, you know, the first thing is that, what's your ceiling height? You know, you, you got to check that out, right? You got to get a rack that's going to be able to fit, <clears throat> fit in your abode, whether it's in the that, apartment or out in the garage. That or is in the great basement. advice. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's the number one thing. Uh, you know, so, but once, once you do JP, what, um, I don't want to pin you down, but what do you think you get into the game for with, um, a, say, a basic basic rack? 
Oh, I don't know. Money, dollar, dollar amount. What do you, what do you think is? I mean, you could look at uh, something as simple as a, a half rack, um, you know, which is not a cage. It's basically the safety arms and the J hooks. You know, you can get into something like that for 400 bucks. Um, you know, that's built pretty cage, well. How about a cage power rack? What, what is it cost you get into that game? Uh, something like that. You know, de depending now, really, like no, I said, no, 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 no attachments, just 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 Base. the cage. They'll they'll start as low as four or five hundred bucks. There you go. Oh, that's cheap, man. Four or five hundred bucks, man. Yeah, think about it. You're gonna have it forever. It's worth spending the money, even if it's a thousand bucks. I have mine uh, for twenty five years. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have it forever. What's what's gonna happen to the power rack? But but like I said, Jim, make sure that you know if you're a if you're a 400 pound squatter make sure that uh your rack is going to have a five six hundred pound capacity you know you always want to go over on the capacity by a little and i think the first choice is not some half rack i think it's a cage man yeah get i think you're cage, right get a cage get a cage that's that's a big man's toy you know Ab absolutely because you're never going to regret it because no. later on down the road you'd be able to do anything you want and, and, and there's no chin bars on half racks well actually there's actually one that goes across the the, the two main uprights but um but correct. but you're exactly right and your advice on the the height checking the height let me tell you how important that is because we've mm -hmm. run into that and we sell <laughs> you know we sell full commercial racks like uh legend tough stuff and and there's been a few times where the truck has shown up, the customer has brought the equipment in and oops, uh, you know, the equipment's okay. about one or two inches too high. So that's one of the first things we always check now. Will it even uh, fit? And we've done tons of custom racks to cut it down an inch or two. So a guy can get a, you know, a, a full on commercial rack inside his extra bedroom or basement or whatever. So that's possible too. I think, I think mine is seven foot. Yeah, that's a minus. Yeah. Yeah. Seven foot. That's a good yeah, height. That's, right. that's a, also a good height to hang the cross the uh, cross court. I like that mm -hmm. that height. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So um, yeah, between that, a barbell, uh, bench that inclines, uh, you're good to go. You're 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 off to the races and you can you can do the core four lifts, squat bench, deadlift, overhead press safely you can uh, bench and squat uh i set the cross pins i don't know maybe three inches below my turnaround point in the mm. squat and in my bench i just set it right below the level of my torso so that if i miss a bench press which i actually did last week uh -oh. uh, a sixth rep <laughs> I made my five and I said, I'm strong. I'm going for I got six. one more. I got one more. I got, I got it up to about three inches. Oh. Yeah, yeah, here it comes. <laughs> it's coming back down. Oh, God. And, it come, and then you put it on your chest and then you exhale. And it high centers on the two pins. Yeah. And then you squeeze out, right? Yeah. So it's a it's a damn lifesaver. If you had to roll, oh my god! If I well, and, and that's that, the oh, huge uh, huge benefit of the power rack is the safety of it. 
We haven't oh, talked. I mean, God. it's the safety of the power rack. I mean, set your pins and you're good to go. You know, you can bench, you can incline, you can squat. But, you know, and if it falls guys, out, guys, if you never, but I want to say, if uh, if you never had the the opportunity to have to roll it uh, and, and get the bruises, then you, you don't have a true appreciation for these. Uh, these, these spotter pins and things like that <laughs> panic panic yeah. if you go to youtube and put in lifting fails or bench press no, fails, no, 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 we don't even believe the guys so it's so unsafe there's another thing i want to mention because we talked about a lot about um you know doing uh body weight training with straps and things like cro oh, yeah. cross cores and things um Make sure your rack is either bolted to the ground, which most people aren't going to do in their home. That's more of a commercial thing. Uh, but make sure that you're you're properly counterweighted. You know, you're properly weighted down. Because one thing you don't want to do is go for a, a chest press or a or a lat row and pull the whole rack over on yourself. So yeah, that's not good. Mine has uh, you the the barbell plates. Uh, weight down the rack so mm -hmm. you have forage on yours yeah you have like pins that you can yeah, hang okay. the plates on right that's the best way to do it yeah so yeah. you've always got the barbell plates hanging all over the rack and i mean you know but if you have it loaded up for a deadlift or a squat yeah you got to be you got to be careful well deadlift you don't have to do but on a, on a squat <clears throat> you need to be sure that you've got enough plates on there to keep that sucker stabilized not not too bad though right so yeah that's uh that's a good point yeah you have to have that thing stable because you can move it for sure oh yeah oh yeah I, i've seen it happen i have a couple of hundreds to kind of anchor mine but most people are not going to have that no so anyway no. uh you know that's this is all good stuff and it's a great tool basic tool um again if i had that would be my you know that in the barbell that would be my desert island tool and then the, the other piece would be the bench that incline but uh that's that's my two cents on it yeah i mean that's about it right and uh anything else is kind of like the cherry on top or or maybe you don't even need it but uh like we explained on the accessories there are so many accessories nowadays that allow you to do everything yeah. you know and they're real easy to put on and uh yeah, and take off. It, it's yep. yeah it's just like putting a j-hook on yeah i have the cable with the rope and the lap poles and all and it just doesn't take up any space and it took about a minute to put it on there and it's yeah i, I have a seated row device i just don't don't use it yeah. but I, yeah i have that too i think that's part of the the dual cable thing i think if you get the dual cable up top it also has uh seated row do you but remember where one... go ahead i'm sorry so no i was just going to ask you do you remember that rack is about 20 years old any idea where you got it from <clears throat> i don't i can't even remember i think it's older now i think it's like well it's got to be well it's got to be older than that because we've been up here 25 years so yeah that thing's ancient so i mean i can't even remember it looks pretty heavy, though. I mean, I I think it's a uh, two by two steel, but man, it looks it looks heavy. Maybe eleven gauge steel, something like that. 
Looks pretty solid. Oh, well, let me tell you, you want to see something heavy, go down to Don Berry's place and look at yes. that 11 foot monstrosity stuff. It's like, who trains on this? Paul Bunyan? <laughs> right? I mean, it's just such overkill. And it's nice, it's, though, isn't it? It's nice. No, it's not. It's ludicrous. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we could take this and 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 we could we could reapportion it and build a skyscraper, you know. <laughs> oh man, man! I'm yeah. thinking all the all the stuff I do with my clients who have a power rack. You know, I got one guy who has trouble maintaining the integrity of his low back off the floor on the deadlift. So I just set the pins mid shin until yeah. we get that low back strong enough in the rec yeah. rectors. It's almost like a you know, it's a nervous system thing. Like your body's not used to that position. So and just then you just it. drop him down, right? And that's all you do. It's such just a an inch at a time, an inch at a time, an inch yeah. at a time. And but but also you built up his enthusiasm for deadlifting because right, sure you don't hated stop it. deadlifting, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I, now he's like, oh, okay. Oh, also a good, great back exercise for people who have spinal issues is you take lifting straps and you strap yourself to the overhead bar and you hang. That way, the grip doesn't become the limiting factor, and you can get even deeper into that 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 spinal stretch. I love that because you know, as you know, I've got some back issues, and I've never strapped up and done it. But uh, I oh, love to hang to. from yeah, I I, I love to hang to. from the bar. I should right. I, I love to hang from the bar, and when you when you come down, release yourself all the way. And then exhale all the way. And usually you can feel your back pop and just kind of loosen up and you're stretching the lats. Yeah. That's great. I love that stuff. Well, just do me a favor and strap in because even though you don't know it, you hold residual tension in your hands, your forearms, and all through your delts because you have to keep your hands tense. With the straps, you can just let the hand tension go let the forearm tension go. And there's a level of spinal stretch that you haven't experienced yet. Yeah. And you can just, you can just stay there. It, I used to, I used to use those upside down boots on the power rack, you know, the, uh, oh, oh yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I still have a pair of those. I used to come, oh, they're going to be worth some money now, Marty. I used to come up from high school and I was trying to grow and my dad, I get on that thing and put the boots on there and, oh, yeah. please give me another inch. Please. Did it work? <laughs> no, nah, it didn't work at all because you know, I was still squatting and deadlifting. So <laughs> tension on those two were outdoing the tension of the inversion boots. I, I like those things. They felt good when you were oh, upside down, good. but it, it, was a little, it was a little awkward getting in and out of them and particularly getting out of them because you yeah. can be a little lightheaded. Yeah. Now they got so. the the table that you lie on but if you were hardcore man you got the inversion but then you're like what if this bar falls off or what if these boots break or you know you're a goner oh uh, well we saw pictures of franco doing upside down rows so everybody started doing upside down uh -huh. rows yeah. with wearing the boots <laughs> <laughs> you no know the, the worst thing is those step squat racks compared to the power rack you know it takes uh, up so much space and they're never at the right height that you no, need. Power rack, you can not. adjust. Oh, you mean like the the gun rack style? Stair stepping ones, you know. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, just, just again, built by people who don't lift. Yeah, those things are. They used to have one in Gold's Wheaton, right when you walked in the door. Remember? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it sucked back then. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
You don't even see those much anymore. That's because they are terrible. Yeah. I mean, when <laughs> I recommend gyms to people, I'm like, see if they have power racks. You know, ah. oh, I'm going out of town. You know, they're usually uh, this this type of gym has it, but go in there and check. Make sure they have a power rack. The know? gym, the gym I'm at right now has, um, I'd say, easily over a dozen power racks. Wow. Uh, probably more around sixteen or something, full on with platforms. Yeah, beautiful. Right. It's such a huge contrast to my last gym. Good, and no towels. I haven't seen a towel. No, sir. Yeah. The towels are not allowed. T towels are allowed, but I think people got a little that bit was more California, sense over right? here. Yeah, that was yeah it's different, different where you're at. You can get, yeah, it's different. Yeah, but no, anybody listening that's wondering about the towels, there used to be somebody at my old gym that would go around and put towels on about four or five pieces of equipment and do their own circuit and, and try to block everybody out. Oh, my God, using, yes. Well, the, using the, that equipment. The, back, up, back up, JP. The towel meant that that piece of equipment was reserved and no one could use it as long as that towel was draped on that piece of the equipment. The towel was like a force field yeah. that if you well, got close in, enough, you would like ricochet off of it. In my neighborhood, the towel would not go over. <clears throat> Toilet paper. I, Probably I, in your current neighborhood, the towel would not go. Away. I seriously contemplated bringing a barbecue lighter to the gym in my gym bag and lighting one of them on fire. But it's I thought, so irritating, man. People try setting and super setting in a gym full of, you know, a crowded gym, and they they think they can go from the leg extension to the leg curl to the hack squat. No, man. No. You can't yeah. do that. I'm super setting today. And that's just it, was, it was quite the scene, Jimmy. I, I don't approve of it at all. <laughs> and I was so upset about it, I had to move out of the state. Yeah. Well, the other <laughs> one that I like, the other one that I like is on the machines is, is where the people, if they have three sets, they don't move. They look at their phone. Oh, my God. They, yeah, they oh text, they text, they text in between. Oh, Lord. Oh, and They sit in the machine. And then when you get up and you say, hey, hmm. could I uh, work in? They look at you like, Oh my God. Yeah, well, so that's horrible. not a concept anymore, Marty. People don't think about it. There's no, yeah, you can work in or, Hey man, you mind if I work in with you? You never hear it anymore. It's, it's, it went by the way of the dodo bird. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, have you ever seen this at my last gym, speaking of power racks? Uh, and we only had one of them actually at, at the last place I was at, I walked in and you know, that's, I was training at three uh, 30 in the morning. I like to get in there nice and early and I go over to the power rack. There is literally a homeless person sleeping in the power rack. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, ah, what do you do with this? I mean, and the guy at the front didn't care and nobody else cared. So I go, well, why, why am I going to care? Let me, let me just do something else. So yeah. I don't know. Interesting. This is turning oh, into a whole uh, different podcast. No, but you yeah, know what? A podcast I'd on know, gym I'd... etiquette would be a good podcast. Gym I'd, etiquette. I'd, oh my god. Oh yeah. We yeah. should go. Uh, yeah, we should review that one again and update it. You know. I love it when Marty will go to a public gym for like a little while, a few weeks, and then he's I can't take it anymore, man. He has to go yeah. back to it. But <laughs> I, I get, I, I get, I get information for articles. I know because I see mistraining and miss use and and malpractice and i see the personal trainers that are there and you know they like they're like i don't know just a recent not a couple of years back i saw some 
some little person right out of college who I'm sure had a PhD in kinesiology or something. Anyway, they were showing an older person about the stiff leg deadlift mm. and they had him using 135, Jim. Mm, right away. Put on 135, oh, yeah. big wussy. Yeah. Put on 135. Mm. First, se first session, the guy was ready to pass out. Oh, I see some so, and then, then they moved into walking dumbbell lunges. Oh, yeah. And the guy <laughs> fell over. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, he just didn't want it bad enough. No. He had to get fired up for that. Exactly. Exactly. He didn't have his head screwed on straight. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, they're, 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 she, she yelled a lot of, they yelled a lot of fitness platitudes at him yeah. and he got himself together and then he quit. Be a beast, be a savage. Um, <laughs> be a beast. The personal trainer who looks at their phone while they're training a client mm, and doesn't yep. look at the client and counts the reps. One. Oh, very good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Two. All right. We're moving on. Uh-huh. Looking at your phone and you're getting yeah. paid for it. It yeah. literally, I just, I mean, it just makes you want to do backflips and I can't do one, but it makes me just want to start doing backflips in the gym. And, and again, I love, here's my favorite. Well, the reason the scale's not moving is you're exchanging muscle for fat. Yes, not because you're <laughs> eating bonbons. And, <laughs> and well, the question is, hey, I know I'm paying you 140 bucks an hour, but I haven't changed in like nine months. Yes, you have. You're just exchanging muscle. Yeah. Well, by the mirror, fat. not by the scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm the professional. Just, just, just you know, my judgment. That's my judgment. Uh, that's called being hoodwinked, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, they all quit. They all quit eventually because they finally figure out that you know they're not getting any results, and um, unless they are, you know, it's a paid friend situation, which there is some of that. But if it's eventually, this is why they have to depend on the front end churn because there's always the quitters. They have to replace the quitters, so they have. Beautiful front end salesmanship. They're wonderful front end salesmen. Perfect teeth, tans, beautiful clothes. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful talk on the front end. Yes. And they're like a vacuum cleaner pulling in new clients. They're so good at it, you know, just getting in and in and in. But what they don't see is that at the back end, every from six weeks to six months, they have a stream of people quitting because no one ever makes any gains. No. Right? That's the, the cost key. benefit ratio is, is, is totally skewed. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if the trainers, when I'm work, working out, if they hear me go, oh, when they're teaching something <laughs> wrong, I go, oh, or under my breath, I go, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> no, that's good, man. Just, yeah, just get the death. You know, people deadlift him with the scared cat thing and the, and the yeah. trainer saying, good job. Come on, man. Blow a disc or, out. Man. Uh, uh, I don't think they care, Jim. I mean, I guess, I don't think they know. They don't. They, yes, they don't. Well, they're both. They don't know and they don't care. Yeah. Right. It's all about, you know, money. Money, money. This is why everybody needs to cut through all this and just call you guys for, uh, you know, online training. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, we're doing pretty good. We have quite a few people that we're working with all kinds of all different ages. And it's, as Jim will tell you, Basically, we have everybody doing the same thing, mm -hmm. whether they're elite world champion yeah. type people or stone cold beginners. They have different variations right. of what we're doing. Of course, the payloads will vary. 
but essentially everybody is training the same way. And they're all getting results. Yeah, if they can adhere, if they have the situation, and, and there's got to be a nutritional component in there, right? I mean, that has to be, there's got to be a little cardio in there, right, sure. Jim? You got to do the cardio. Got to be. Come on, man. Yeah. Or, you're sure, or you got to do a, you know, a circuit, or you got to do something to get that heart rate up and keep it up for a little while, in addition to yes. your power training. We have to have cardiopulmonary fitness, just as if we have to have external muscular fitness. Yeah, plus, and you know this, Marty, by training people for the IPF Worlds, you recover faster when you train faster because there, you don't have them a lot of time between attempts and things like that. And so. Also, you're more muscular within your weight class. Yeah, that's true. Right. You don't want to be in the 242 pound class packing a 20% body fat percentile because, brother, they're going to be guys in there packing 8% body fat percentiles. Yeah. And you're just going to be giving away. You're just going to be a chubby guy. And you're going to be going up against muscle monsters and they're just going to rip you to shreds. Okay. Cause man, I'm the best lesson I ever had in my life is that Pete Miller came out one time. I was a I don't know, eight, 17 year old kid. He goes, Marty, Marty, come here. We're in the DCAAU Olympic weightlifting championship. He says, come here. He says, you want to see why Bob Lancaster lifts so much more than you? So he's, wave me in they're in the warm-up room lancaster's on the scale naked getting weighed in the guy looked like hercules right yeah. and i looked at him i said oh okay yeah that's exactly why <laughs> <laughs> look at him look at me okay but but marty name the name the different body types like uh looks like hercules uh lifts oh, like okay. hercules yeah. that thing yeah that i think that a chalet thing i think that was a mark thing um Looks like Tarzan plays of, like Jane in football. That's three type idea. three types of lifters. Uh, <clears throat> looks like <laughs> looks like Jane lifts like Tarzan. That was me. <laughs> uh, looks like Tarzan lifts like Jane. Yeah, we quite a few. Of the, we knew quite a few guys like that. Great bodies, but just they just didn't, you know. And then looks like Tarzan lifts like Tarzan. That's yeah. the Kirks, the Chalets, the Cones, the Jacobis, yeah. the Ladineers, the you know, Jim Cash. Jim Cash, yeah, on and on the list goes, right? But yeah, yeah. So those are the three type, types of lifters. I always look like Jane, lifted like Tarzan. They're like, look at that guy. He's got no muscles. This is tall in my weight class, Jim. Always tall, right? Yeah. I, I prayed for shortness. Uh, you probably weren't a lot like Jane, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you, when when you're lifting in the 198 or 220 pound class and you're 5'10 and, and you're looking at guys and everybody in your class is 5'6. Yeah. Marty, like, that, <clears throat> that that picture of you and Chalet in uh in Maui, you, you were looking uh pretty good right there. What what was your body? Is that when you hit about 260? Uh, no, I was 245, 250, right in there. I was I was lifting good then. I was 800 yeah. plus squat, 750 deadlift. Yeah, I was uh, I was strong then. Yeah, yeah, you were looking pretty. You were looking like Tarzan back then, I think. Uh still. Um, I'll tell you, man, at 242, um, Kirk yeah, was ripped. I mean, you know, I mean, the guy. No, these guys were like way shorter. I. I tell you, I got my first real introduction to that when I went to my first national championships. 
think like in 1980, got backstage with was coaching, and all the super heavyweights were my height. Yeah. Right. Doyle Kennedy, Paul oh. Wren, uh, Dave Waddington, uh, you know, uh, you ne- they're all my height. They're all five ten. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, holy smoke. And these guys were all weighing 300. Kennedy was in the hmm? 290, 300, something like that. Who? Doyle Kennedy. Oh, Doyle was a big guy, man. He was like 5'10 and 320. Yeah. And he had that long beard, man. It was freaking 900 pound deadlift. And one of the nation's best shot and discus throwers in, in college. And a great coach, right? You told me he was a great oh, coach. Great coach. He was a, the six time. IPF world champion coach. Wow. The winningest coach in history. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, yeah, it's great guy. Mm. So anyway, I guess we got away from the power rack, but all the guys that we talked about that are great use the power rack. So there you go. Yeah, there we go. That's the way to. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> and we all already the, mentioned. All the losers didn't use it. That's didn't right. Look at it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all right. So. So we already mentioned online training. If uh, anybody wants to get a hold of Marty, just email him at marty at ironcompany.com or jim at ironcompany.com. Well, you know, remember Brian who did our podcast, one of my clients? Yeah. Yeah. 518 this morning, he had already done his deadlifts. He was done his his video, man. I mean, just I got some dedicated. Yeah, that dude's on fire. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely got the passion. Where is he located at? He's in Pennsylvania in the woods somewhere. He yeah, opened up his own shop, man. He's doing good. He's working. He works his butt off all day long, you know, uh, working with his hands and and handling the business. He opened up his own business. And he gets, but you know what? No excuses, man. He's in there. He probably was in there at 4.30 or maybe yeah. even before that. Uh, and it was at a gym to get his That's lift. right. Yeah. So well, it depends it. on either you want it or you don't. If you want it, you find a way to do it. That's right. all. And you also find that particularly if you're in a high stress situation, like being an American entrepreneur, the training is the best stress reliever known to man. No question. Well, other than, you know, booze and alcohol and drugs. But I mean, best natural stress reliever known to man is intense training. So, yeah. That's right. Ready to face the day after that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. Uh, you can find his latest article, Big Guns, Bicep and Tricep Training for Novice Lifters. Uh, it's up on the website now. So make sure to check that out. Um, Jim, and I, Jim and I had the serendipitous thing where we yeah. both wrote articles Big at guns. the same time in the same subject. And I don't have kids. I don't even know what I would put it in my head as I started training some young guys, but all of a sudden you did an arm training article on kids too, right? Now it wasn't on kids, but it was just on getting bigger arms. Okay. Yeah. His, his is, his is, Jim's got a different writing style. His on this one was more of a, like a story, like a hypothetical. It was McCollum style, Marty. Good. Good. I like good. that. Yeah. So, so, so yes, two arm uh, articles did go up this week, but they're totally different styles, which I'll, uh, I'll mention Jim's in a second, but uh, Marty, that was a real good one you put up and it, it actually uh, came to be because all of a sudden you're finding yourself training uh, some kids, 13 to 16 years, years old. And of course they want big guns, right? So they were asking you for some, some advice on that. Yeah, they see the Arnold movies. That gets them fired up. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not down with it. It's like, yep, yep, yep. But it's dessert. You got to eat your meat and potatoes first. Right. You know, the one client is uh, out in Colorado. Did you have one that you train face to face? That's young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a son of one of our uh, old older lifters. Yeah, Barry's yeah. son. Uh, it's just so cool because uh, you can see the maturation. You can see the first time they hit a new max or a new rep max or whatever. And, or they'll, you know, all of a sudden they, their shirt sleeves get a little shorter because they can see a vein <laughs> and it goes down their bicep. I mean, it's the greatest thing. The development of, of a kid who, who discovers it. Who yep. discovers the iron lifestyle. And, uh, and this is the way I can change my body. I can yep. just do this for this short period of time, but work real hard because I got all this testosterone and energy anyway. You know, I can do it and it just goes by so fast and, and I'm sore and I, I just feel wanting to walk down the hall differently, man. It's, and, then, uh, and, and, then, and then watch out when his peers start noticing. Yes. Yeah. Uh-oh. And you're off to the races. And then really watch out when the girls start noticing. Yeah. Yeah, or when you hit somebody on the field and you and yeah, the ball yeah. goes a lot further, and you're like, "Oh, I don't know why everybody's not uh, doing this." Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right, well, <clears throat> make sure to uh, also visit Marty on his Instagram, which is at the Marty yeah. Gallagher, and his website, Stacy's uh, his, his uh, wife Stacy's website is functional-strength.org. You can go there. Lots of articles on there, uh, stuff you won't find on our site. So check that out too. And uh, for all your equipment needs, if you need power racks, go to ironcompany.com. I mean, we've got, uh, we've got, you know, uh, residential, light commercial, full commercial, you know, and and if you need customization, we can do that too. If you need a a certain height, you know, you're going to put this in your basement, you got low ceilings or something. Just give us a call. We're glad to help out with that kind of stuff. We've done a lot of that the uh, past 25 years. Um, and anything else uh, associated with, with power racks, you know, weight benches, plates, bars, flooring. So go to ironcompany.com. And uh, Jimmy Steele, he's got articles on our site. We just put one up. Like we said, it's called uh, Bicep and Tricep Training. And... Uh, so make sure you read both. They're different angles. Uh, so they're both good reads. So check that out. And uh, also check out his website, bossbarbell.com. That's B-A-S barbell.com for lots of other stuff, motivational stuff, programming, articles, all kinds of stuff. It's, uh, it's a potpourri of uh, just all kinds of good, all kinds of goodness. Yeah. A potpourri so. of goodness. Potpourri of goodness, another t-shirt. It's goodness and yeah. hate. <laughs> All right, guys. That's, later. that's a t-shirt, a potpourri of goodness and hate. That's perfect. <laughs> Get on that, JP. Get on Goodbye. That. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah.